This is Frank Dominguez for the WDAV Piedmont Arts Podcast, and this time we're looking ahead to the season-opening program for the Center City Concerts at St. Peter's Episcopal Church in Charlotte. It will be presented on Sunday, September 10th at 7 p.m. in the lovely sanctuary of the church, which is at 7th Street and North Tryon in Charlotte's Center City. My guest is the conductor of the program, which is titled Two Prodigies and an Homage, and it features music for organ, strings, and in a couple of selections, percussion, too, with pieces ranging from the 18th century to, quite literally, the present day. So it's a pleasure to welcome William Osborne to speak about this fascinating concert program. Welcome, Bill. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Now, tell me about what ties the selections on this concert program together. Well, it, 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 it evolved gradually. Um, we uh, saw notice of this fairly new, well, 2016 concerto by a Hungarian-American, uh, Balint Karosi. Um, uh, we're intrigued by it. Uh, it's, it's quite an amazing piece for uh, organ strings and a, and a whole battery of percussion. Uh, we got interested in it, and then uh, he mentions uh, that he was paying homage to the Poulenc Concerto, which is a almost standard repertory. It isn't done that often, but I mean, it's a very, mm-hmm. very well known work. Um, and it involves uh, organ strings and just timpani. Um, and the homage is becomes overt at the end of the Carosi when he actually quotes the opening bars of the Poulenc to make quite clear mm-hmm. uh, uh, what, he, what he had in mind. Uh, the pieces are quite different. I don't mean to, to suggest that the, the, the one is a clone of the other. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's simply um, r- remarking on the existence of the Poulenc, which dates from 1938, uh, quite a while ago. Uh, interesting enough that uh, I discovered in doing some research for program notes that that uh, Poulenc was commissioned by a French aristocrat uh, to create this piece, and it was first performed in her salon uh, with Maurice Durafloy, a well-noted organist uh, of that period, uh, as a soloist, and, and the, the famous teacher of composers, Nadia Boulanger, as, as conductor. This despite the fact that Poulenc said that he, while it was not a, a concerto da chiesa, in other words, a, ch- a church concerto, mm-hmm. that he, he kept the instrumentation simple with just the strings and the three timpani, so it could be done in church. Mm-hmm. So the irony is it was first performed in a salon, and the first performance was in a, with those same personnel in a concert hall. Huh. Uh, but it, f- for obvious reasons, it's often done in churches now, uh, increasingly, of course, with uh, major organs and, and uh, symphony concert halls that can be uh, uh, done in those environments as well. But uh, anyway, so we uh, we were mating those two pieces, uh, the Poulenc at the end of the program and the Carosi, the homage at the end of the first half, and thought that was quite enough to uh, to ask of, mm-hmm. of uh, the organist, uh, Nicholas Haig. Um, and uh, so the question is, how does one flesh out the program? Uh, so we're using strings from the Charlotte Symphony, uh, and thought we'd allow them moments to shine too. Right. So we'll we'll start with uh, since the Carosi is an unknown, we'll start with one of the the most 
<laughs> the the most treasured works in the orchestral repertory of the uh, Mozart's Eintekleiner Nachtmusik for for strings. It may probably was written uh, intended for st- uh, solo voices, string quintet, mm-hmm. but it's very often done with orchestra now. And then um, how to proceed the. Uh, the Poulenc, I had uh, run across references to two sets of string sinfonias by the young Mendelssohn, uh, works that um, have, have now come back into, into print. So we're doing one of them, quite a remarkable piece for a 12-year-old. Yeah. Um, he, uh, as we know, well, they were both prodigies. I mean, this is the other link, mm-hmm. uh, Mozart and uh, and Mendelssohn. Um, so the Mozart piece comes from the very end of his career. The uh, the, the uh, Mendelssohn at the very beginning of his career, yeah. you know, barely barely a teenager. Uh, the work sounds kind of baroquish in in a sense, if if that's a word, mm-hmm. um, because he was studying with Carl uh, Zelter. Um, a man who was a conductor, teacher, organist, a uh, very prominent musician in Mendelssohn's day. And uh, um, he had steeped himself in 18th century contrapuntal practice. So this piece is, is very, very linear, mm-hmm. uh, lots of, lots of uh, dashing counterpoint. In fact, the first movement is an opening grave section followed by a, f- a fast allegro section, which uh, mimics what was sometimes called the French overture uh, pattern of the 18th century. Ask, uh, let me ask you about uh, the contemporary work because you've uh, covered the uh, – uh, familiar works from Mozart and Mendelssohn pretty well. How did you uh, come to know about this work, which, as you mentioned, was just premiered last year, the Concerto Number no. 2 for Organ, Percussion, and Strings by Ballant uh, Carosi? How did you come to know about it? Well, I stumbled across uh, notice of it. Um, he's uh, obviously uh, a man who's a good self-publicist, and there were notices in the professional journals. So I simply contacted him. Um, he had recently, at that point, uh, migrated from Boston to New York. Um, it, it's kind of uh, maybe a little bit ironic that he's the cantor, that is the chief musician, at St. Peter's Lutheran Church <laughs> in New York, the, the famous uh, modern uh, sanctuary below the City Court building mm-hmm. on Madison Avenue. Um, so I simply emailed in this day of instant communication. I simply emailed him. Uh, he was excited about the possibility. Uh, I mean, the piece had been written for his teacher back in Budapest, but apparently, as I understand it, I, I hope I'm not misstating this. It has never been performed in Budapest. But uh, Balint, uh, with a, uh, or I think it was called the Spectrum Orchestra, mm-hmm. one of these pickup organizations in New York City, performed it in uh, uh, at St. Peter's. And uh, he sent us a, um, a uh, well, it's actually a YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, why am I not surprised? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. YouTube video of, of the performance and then uh, sent me the score and eventually the parts. And um, we, we, we've gone from there. And I understand he'll be at the uh, concert that's happening uh, Sunday night, September 10th at 7 p.m. at St. Peter's. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Uh, he... Uh, he suddenly made the decision about a week ago. He said, I, the airfares are 
or uh, decent, so I'm going to fly down. He's just flying in. I'm sure he has to work Sunday morning. Yeah. So he's just flying in uh, Sunday afternoon and back out on Monday. But, uh, and it's, I've I've done this before. Uh, This is the fifth such event at at St. Peter's, and we've had earlier events where we've done works with the composers present. And it's, I don't, I don't want to say it's intimidating, <laughs> but it makes one a little nervous because yeah. you you just hope that what we manage to create in the in the two rehearsals will somehow resemble what he has in the back of his mind as to how the piece ought to sound. <laughs> and I imagine it's also uh, very meaningful for the composers to be able to uh, actually hear their works performed. Uh, it's exactly. not something that they can exactly. always get a guarantee of. <laughs> I mean, we live in an era where the, the performers are the ones that uh, reap the headlines. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you think of it, composing is kind of a lonely profession. Right. I mean, you you, you sit and create, and then you hope somebody will notice mm-hmm. and uh, perform, and perhaps even record uh, right. record your pieces. So yeah, publishing. I'm, I'm hoping nece- you'll be excited. Yeah, publishing doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be performed often. So right, exactly. every opportunity a composer has to hear his work performed in in public is probably an exciting opportunity. Right, exactly. Well, let's wrap up by having you tell me a little bit about uh, the musicians who are performing. You've mentioned you have uh, string players from the Charlotte Symphony Orchestra. Tell me a little bit about the soloists. Nick Haig is, uh, I think his official title is music associate and and, uh, organist at uh, Myers Park United Methodist Church. I met Nick several years ago. Uh, In the past, the the soloists have been the assistant organist at St. Peter's. Uh, but Elizabeth Lenty, who will be our host this time around, uh, just was overwhelmed with mm-hmm. um, other responsibilities. So we asked uh, Nick. He's had a very distinguished career in, in his native Britain, uh, came to this country uh, to pursue a uh, doctorate uh, in early performance practice at the Cleveland Institute, Cleveland, Ohio, and he met Margaret Carpenter, who's a well-known soprano mm-hmm. in in this is this part of the country. They are now now married. Mm-hmm. When we started talking about this program, realized we need a percussionist. Stephanie has been kind of the unofficial resident percussionist for St. Peter's, so she was the natural mm-hmm. one to uh, to consult. Uh, she's very active in local circles. Uh, she also, uh, for example, is principal timpanist with the Fayetteville Symphony Orchestra and plays with other other regional orchestras as well. Really fine, really fine player. Terrific. Well, Bill Osborne, it's certainly an intriguing program you've planned with works that are far-ranging but also complement each other nicely and logically, and you've been very gracious to talk to me about it. So thank you so much. My pleasure. Thanks. And again, the concert is going to be Sunday, September 10th, 7 p.m. in the Sanctuary of St. Peter's Episcopal Church in Center City, Charlotte. That's at 7th Street and North Tryon Street. I'm Frank Dominguez for the WDAV Piedmont Arts Podcast.